everybody. Welcome to After Every Rose. My name's Shannon, and this week I'm here with Erin. Hey, guys. And we're trying something new this week. We're going to do it with just the two of us. We've um, gone through a bunch of iterations with, you know, sort of tried out a panel of a bunch of people, uh, just three people, and now we are going traditional podcast route and trying this week with just two people for a couple of different reasons. Um, for at, at its most basic, I think it'll be a lot easier for us to edit it with just two people. <laughs> like the editing has still been taking me so long to kind of make sure that we're not talking over each other. Um, and then also it, logistically, I'm in the middle of making a cross country move to San Francisco. So when it comes to timing, being able to figure out what timing just works for me and Aaron might be a little bit easier. And then sort of the more crazy, <laughs> sort of the more crazy reason that we are trying it out with two people is because Aaron got some interesting, <laughs> interesting insight from um, a tarot card reader. You tell that story. So, so on my recent trips to New Orleans, I went back to my tarot card reader um, at bottom of the teacup where she told me about my podcasting and was upset that I was on a break, first of all, because she could tell I was nostalgic for it, was the term she used. And then she said that this could become profitable for me and that we needed to cut it down to to toast. So we're going to try to give that a shot and see if we can't make it profitable. Yeah. And she didn't know that you were like podcasting at all, which is like the crazy thing. I know. I know. How could she have known? Like the first time you told me about this, I was like, well, okay, that seems like pretty standard advice mm -hmm. for anyone who's doing a podcast. And you're like, <laughs> right. I didn't, I just walked in, sat <laughs> yeah, down. Yeah. It was raining. So I did not have an appointment. I only put my first name down on the book and she took me to this back room and told me about my life. I'm not familiar with uh, tarot cards, but I don't think there's like a specific podcast tarot card. <laughs> no, <laughs> probably not. I don't know the origin of tarot cards, but I believe it's probably, I don't know, let's say 1700s, if not earlier, probably earlier. Yeah. Podcasting wasn't quite popular back then. I feel like, I don't <laughs> no, I feel like this is like a, a gypsy type deal. Yeah, definitely. The 18th century, just in case you needed to know. <laughs> well, we're going to try that, and feel free to give us any feedback that you have on any of our social media accounts, at After Every Rose on Instagram and on Twitter. And Facebook. And Facebook. Uh, we have a Facebook group, too, called After Every Rose, or a fan page. We're going to try and be a lot more active on that. I guess it's one of those things that, yeah, like you were saying, because we took that break between the seasons, it's, like, harder to get back into it. Because we had, like, a really good rhythm of, like, live-tweeting the episodes. Mm -hmm. um, and now that's going to be difficult, too. I need to find some sort of, like, stream, because it's, like, impossible to not be on social media like while it's airing on the east coast and yesterday i was here uh trying to watch it on the west coast and i was just like oh i was like spoiled to who had the girlfriend like an hour before it happened yeah how are you gonna deal with the finale it's gonna be all over i don't maybe i'll just fly to new york to watch <laughs> the <finale>. yes <laughs> Or maybe we'll win that contest. Yes, we absolutely have to win the contest. So, yeah, we wanted to talk about this. We're not obviously getting anything from them, but BachelorWines.com has a contest for two tickets to the live finale and a nice, like, Californian vacation where they put you up in a hotel and you can take some tours. I think you do tour a winery, too, or something along those lines, right? Yeah, yeah. So I guess it airs live for people on the East Coast, but even though it's happening live on the West Coast, mm -hmm. it's tape delayed. I don't think I'm going to be able to get used to this thing here. It's so weird that it's like three hours later on the East Coast. I don't know how you're going to do it. Yeah. Whatever. I'm sure I'll get used to it. Speaking of podcasts, though, um, last week we talked about Ashley I and Ben Higgins and their new podcast. Still have not listened Me to Me either. It. <laughs> I'm still going back trying to remember the name, but I remember it's called Almost Famous now. 
Yeah. Well, one of the interesting things I heard was that Waboom had contacted Ben and Jared asking for like advice on how oh. to handle fame. What? Or how to or how to handle like not coming off. Like apparently Waboom was concerned about the way that he was being portrayed, which just seems like BS to me because if anyone on that show is like in total control of how they're coming off, yeah. it seems like, you know, him. Uh yeah, asking Ashton to do the Waboom. I mean, come I on. know. His reaction was so great. Like, just really encompassed, I think, the entire viewing audience. Just like, I don't understand this. Um, but the other, in other podcast news, Caitlin just started a podcast too. Oh, interesting. What's hers called? Yeah. It's called Off the Vine. Off the Vine? Yeah. I, so I have no, what, no idea what it's about. I actually just saw it on the Bachelor Reddit right before we started this, which has become one of my new favorite places. You know, I've never visited. Yeah. Other than the subreddit for Fire Festival, which is kind (laughs) of like, (laughs) which is kind of like quieted down the past week or so. Um, the Bachelor subreddit is really fun and I like it because they're trying to do a really good job of keeping it spoiler free mm-hmm. um, or at least marking things with a spoiler tag so that if you want to get through without knowing who wins, which I really would like to. Mm-hmm. I know there's all these rumors swirling around, but I'm really invested in this season and I want to I want to see it play out in real time. But in terms of off the vine, apparently Sean is the first guest. So obviously I'm going to be downloading this like immediately and I'll have a recap for that next week. Yeah, I just pulled it up. She apparently is wanted to be a place where girls and guys can tune in and feel empowered about themselves. This is the tagline. It says, sometimes we get stuck in the cookie-cutter world and forget the value of real candid conversation that inspire us and challenge us and challenge our thinking. I'm bringing it back, baby. So Nice. We'll see. I mean, that's such, like, an open topic. It must be nice to be, like, a... Uh, quote unquote, almost famous like they are because Mm -hmm. they just have such a huge like built in audience for podcasting. So why not do it? Yeah. Yeah. Extra way to get some sponsors. I know. Everybody's doing it these days. We'll listen to yours if you listen to ours. Anybody (laughs) out there. (laughs) You let us know if you have a podcast and we'll listen to it. (laughs) <laughs> we can give each other feedback, yeah, play off of not? each other. You know, why not? Um, and then, Erin, do you want to talk about the news of the guy from Austin from Emily's season? Yes. Michael Nancy passed away yesterday. They don't, they haven't really released the details yet. They just said they found them at an address in South Austin and that he was unresponsive. They went there around two o'clock yesterday and that's really all they've released. They, you know, they didn't have any details. It didn't look like foul play and they're just going to wait for the toxicology reports to come back. He yeah, he was on Emily Maynard's season and he was a singer songwriter who lived in Austin, Texas, did a couple of music videos. And so in his opening package on Emily's season, he actually talks about how he mm-hmm. had just become clean from prescription drug addiction. Yes, that's right. right. He right. was clean for two or sober for two mm-hmm. years when he went on the show. Right. And he was 31 when he passed away now. So, I mean, that's speculation. It could be like a heart issue or anything like that. But yeah. Yeah. From the previous use. Who knows? Yeah. But addiction is a tough thing, you know? And mm-hmm. if his life was like, I don't know. Um, It could be that it could be anything. So, but yeah, that's sad. I hadn't yeah, really remembered really him sad. until I looked him up, but I, I was kind of just a passive watcher during her season. Mm-hmm. So He wasn't one of the main players on her season. No, but it looks like probably they might be reaching back to her season of The Bachelorette to get some people for Bachelor in Paradise. Oh, really? I haven't heard this. Well, okay, so you know that Chase and Robbie moved in with Jeff, right? Mm-hmm. Jeff, the winner yes. of Emily's yes. season. Um, and so there's speculation that since Chase and Robbie are so thirsty to be back on TV that, mm-hmm. and Jeff's been tweeting more about the show and sort of showing up at more of these events oh, on Snapchat and stuff I that see. he's wanting to get back into it. Yeah. So he might be there. I could see that. Cause he was so young, uh, yeah. you know, when he was on there. So even though he that showed was up like, skateboarding and was not ready to be a stepfather. Right. Even though that was like five or six years ago. 
I think he's probably still in his late 20s, maybe early 30s. Jeff Holm. I can't remember his age. Let's see. Oh, I'm sorry. He spells it with one F. <laughs> he was 27. Was he, He's 31 oh. now. No, that was, it's got to be 33. Oh, okay. So, I mean, hey, no judgment. Like, when you live in... <laughs> You gotta live with roommates if you're living out here, I guess. <laughs> yes. so. He's a 33 year old man who has two roommates. Yes. Okay. Well, I mean, yeah, sure, whatever. Um, <laughs> but he. Uh, whatever he wants to do. <laughs> well, hey, m- uh, all my. I'm moving in with three guys and they're all in their 30s. So. I know California's not cheap. Yeah. And I'm almost in my 30s. So. I just. He has such a baby face that I thought he was yeah, younger. He does. I guess that's all the bachelor news for this. Oh, no. Uh, this isn't really Bachelor news because it's personal stuff, but when I was on Bumble the other day. Oh, yes. (laughs) When I was on Bumble the other day, um, in the Bay Area, like I was out at some bars with some friends and got on Bumble and the very first person who came up was Ben Flagnick. And I think the most shocking part of that is that he, at the time of the show, didn't he like own a winery? I think he still owns a winery. Well, his job title on Bumble is like community manager at Yelp. And I don't know how much of a job that really is because I know like each, well, I mean, I'm sure it's a real job, but I know that Austin had a couple of community managers and it's basically like, isn't that like reviewing things people report and... Yeah, I think I had a friend who was doing it, and it was kind of like a part-time thing. Yeah. but So I don't know how serious of a career that could be, but again, if he, I don't know. I don't know. If he wanted another type of job, why wouldn't he go into something serious? I mean, you can't be making that much to supplement your, your winery income. I don't know, but if he still does, we need to look into that and see if he did, still has that winery, because if he does, that's going to be like my first stop in like where is it like Sonoma yes I yeah believe that's right. I'll make a little weekend trip there and report back maybe he's the one who makes the bachelor wines wouldn't that be funny yeah, I don't think that so, would though. be incredible actually <laughs> I think the bachelor wines are just like relabeled to buck chuck and put oh, at probably. like much higher prices Absolutely. Okay, let's see. He's got a couple of jobs. So he's been the community <laughs> manager at Yelp. He's a co-founder at Fernet Francisco. He's also a business developer and co-founder at Arcade Media Company. He's a marketing investor at Native Spirits Limited and the founder of Flagnick & Co. LLC. All at the same time? I'm all present. So... <laughs> It sounds like the only thing of those that's making any money is his, like, community manager income. But yeah. We'll never oh. know because I don't think he's going to match me back. He left his winery in 2014, according to this wet paint article. Oh. But I have to get through a lot of ads, too. It seems um, like he's so all over the place. Mm-hmm. But I don't – it was just, like, it was the first thing, and I I actually was um, pretty drunk when I matched or when I uh, swiped right <laughs> on him, and I immediately screenshotted uh, you and a bunch of other people all the pictures, and I'd forgotten that had happened when I woke up the next morning until I saw all the <laughs> feedback from you guys, and I was like, what are they talking about? And then I was like, oh, yeah, okay. Should we collage this and post it on our Instagram? I think so, yeah. Absolutely. Um, And then I've heard that uh, a bunch of the other guys are kind of like floating out there on other in other cities of course they are oh on a different note so i listened to this morning radio show in the dallas area and one of the girls on the show used to be a really big james taylor fan and they had him on the show right so this is like very early on i think when he was still innocent and she always had this like beef about him and i never knew why but then on the show, she casually mentioned that he was trying to hook up with underage girls. What? Gonna, yeah. You don't have to put this in the podcast. I just <laughs> need to tell you this story. So <laughs> once I said it, I probably should not. I mean, it's already it public record, right? It was on yeah. this Dallas morning show. Yeah. It's on their podcast called Two Peas. Oh, okay. She said it. She was. She said underage and she was like, yeah, it's before I, I used to like him before I realized he was trying to hook up with 14-year-old girls. <gasps> now, 14 may be dramatic like you know but I, I think she definitely meant underage wow like probably like 17 if I had to guess gosh there is something about him just creep me out yeah, I like yeah. Him. but it's true like on the show she would always like it's because they had him on the show as like a 
guest commentator and stuff. And then all of a sudden it flipped and she was like, oh, I'm not into him. I can't stand him anymore. And they never really addressed what happened. Well, I guess enough time had passed on her podcast. They addressed it. How'd because she... of everyone podcasting. How'd she even find that out? I don't know. That's weird. Yeah. Gross. Gross. Well, mm -hmm. let's talk about um, Rachel now. Isn't she the best? Yes. Um, she, especially with the get the fuck out of here. Um, Amazing. My love for her was just cemented. She handled that so well. Like, I know she's a lawyer, but you can tell that she's actually a really good lawyer. The way mm -hmm. she was like, hey, don't give me any BS. Yes or no. Are you telling the truth or not? I don't want to deal with this anymore. Yeah, it's hard not to cut through the BS when someone's like, I've met them many, many times before. <laughs> what? He was all over the place. Like, yeah. we have to give some good time to that later. But I think mm -hmm. let's go, like, chronologically through the dates. Okay. And start with the Ashton Kutcher and Mila Kunis date. Mm-hmm. That was really fun. Yeah, the husband obstacle course. Yeah. I thought it was interesting that the guys were so excited to be on a group date that they were popping champagne to celebrate going on the date. Yeah. That I, was interesting. I feel like it's just been in the previous few seasons that, one, they'll air any clips of anyone using curse words that are bleeped out, mm -hmm. uh, which happened a lot in this episode. And two, that they actively show them show them drinking, like, basically all the time. Yeah, surprisingly not a lot of shots of people eating hors d'oeuvres <laughs> this time. No. But... I do think it's really interesting that, like, you don't know what you're about to go do, but they're they're drinking to get ready. Um, but I don't know. So I guess there were eight people on each of the group dates, or was it eight and... I think it was eight and ten. Um, I don't know. Ten makes sense for the second group date because it was basketball, and you normally mm -hmm. do, like, five versus five there. Right. So... On this one, on the first group date, I know there was Dean, Jack, Jonathan, Blake, Kenny, Fred... Iggy and, of course, Lucas. Yes. And, yeah. Mm -hmm. So, I think that's eight. So, speaking of the people that go on each date, do you think that she has a lot of control over who goes on which group date? Probably not the group dates, because I think the producers want to pair people who they know have conflict on the group mm -hmm. dates. I think she has a lot of say in who gets the one-on-ones. Yeah. Or at least has a preference. Having Blake and Waboom on the same date just seemed, seems too convenient for her to have done that herself. <laughs> yeah, that's definitely a producer. But I definitely, I thought it was believable from my point of view that Ashton Kutcher and Mila Kunis might have actually been the ones to reach out to the producers. I could see that. What I did not find believable is how Ashton thought that Jared looked like him, <laughs> especially while Ashlyn's wearing a trophy husband tee because Jared is not trophy husband material. <laughs> Just no. I had never heard that comparison that Jared and Ashton Kutcher looked alike. Apparently Ashton said that's why they started watching the yeah. show. Well, who, I, I, I love them though. They are kind of like the perfect celebrity couple. I don't remember who said that, but their story's really cute. Mm -hmm. And he seems more alive than when he was married to Demi. Yeah. And less like pretentious. Yeah. And then there was a bit of like a risque comment too, where Mila Kunis was talking about like giving him a BJ and that was bleeped out. I can't imagine. Did hear that? Yeah. Yes. I can't imagine that being on a Bachelor franchise show, maybe Bachelor in Paradise or Bachelor Pad. Bachelor Pad. Yeah. Winter, winter Games. Right. But this, like, I mean, gosh. Talking about, like, looking back at uh, the first season of Bachelor and Bachelorette, which are now both on the ABC Go app, so you can go back and watch the very original seasons. It's so, like, scrubbed. And a lot of the girls will, won't even kiss on the first date. Like, Shannon, one of Alex's contestants from the first season, won't kiss him. Like, not on the first group date, but even on her one-on-one. -on -one. She won't kiss him and is like, no, I'm proper. I don't like to kiss on the first date. And he keeps her around for such a long time. I can't imagine someone who... No yeah, way. It was crazy. Yeah, there's just no way that yeah. would work. We have to talk about that first season sometime because I didn't realize that things like I'm not here to make friends were like already mm -hmm. a trope 
in that first season. Yeah, I need to rewatch it to refresh my memory. I've been meaning to do that. You definitely can probably do it in like one weekend because it's only six episodes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's really short. Oh, yeah, I can knock yeah. that out. So I was really disappointed to see that Waboom won the game. Mm-hmm. But then there was like nothing to that. He didn't really win anything. No, I don't think she was seriously interested. I think it's, it's he's a terrible person, first of all, but I also think it just shows how terrible he is when they were running to Rachel Grilling and he shoves Jack out of the way to be the first person running. And then later on at the end, he shoves Kenny out of the way. So he has a habit of shoving people out of the way to get what he yeah. wants. And I just thought it was extremely rude. He has terrible character. And even if he wasn't doing all of this stupid waboom gimmick, I would still think he's a horrible person. I don't know why I thought this, but I thought it was always a rule, or maybe this was just a rule on the real world, but if you physically touched somebody or, like, put your hands on someone in Mm -hmm. anger or using any kind of force, you were automatically kicked off the show. Yeah, that is not on The Bachelor. That is definitely real world. (laughs) World rules challenge, but they should have those same rules. And one of the guys pointed out, oh, Blake pointed out that he had cheated multiple times, that he wasn't completing right. the activities correctly, right? Yeah. And that that was kind of like the straw that broke the camel's back for me, where I was like, Blake is so much more interested in just, like, sticking it to Lucas than he is caring about Rachel at all, to, like, a distracting amount. Like, this <laughs> yes. hate... I don't... He's there to take him down. I don't know if, like, he came on the show wanting to win like wanting to date Rachel and then realize that Lucas was there and kind of shifted all of his focus. Absolutely not. I can imagine they were recruited by the producers from this previous show. There's no way they both spontaneously applied. Right. And well, and the other thing is, but uh, I wonder if they knew that the other person was going to be there. I see. Right. Maybe. Or did they frame it to each of them? Like, oh, we saw you on Exile, which is the other reality show they were on. And then we're like, oh, we think you'd be great for The Bachelor. Or are they secretly getting along, decided to come on together, become the villains that was like of Chad-esque caliber? So, I guess so. But I just don't see that either of them are really that savvy. No, they're not. (laughs) And like... I, Blake seems to really hate him. It doesn't seem like something he's making up. You're right. You're right. He did move in with his ex-girlfriend after exile yeah. to really stick it to Lucas. Yeah. And so does Lucas live with Blake's ex-girlfriend or is that like a one-way no, kind of relationship? No, I think Blake, well, take a step back. Blake lived with Lucas's ex-girlfriend after exile. Mm-hmm. So, so Lucas went there with the girl. Blake came in stole the girlfriend from Lucas and that's where the feud started and then Blake moved in with the girl who he's now evicting for threatening to kidnap his dog <laughs> that's what he <laughs> says right but that's what yeah he says. so the the roommate who is I guess Lucas's ex-girlfriend who she maintains mm-hmm. she and Blake never had anything romantic going on and this is where if I would have watched Exiles I guess we could see if maybe it was all editing yeah Maybe your homework should be to watch Exile, and my homework will be to listen to Caitlin and Ben's podcast. (laughs) (laughs) That's fair. (laughs) And then you can come back and let us know, because I had heard that Lucas had started dating Blake's ex-girlfriend, but then the thing with Blake and uh, Lucas's ex-girlfriend was, like, always platonic, at least from where she was coming from. So then after the show, Blake and this girl, who I believe her name is Brittany, because uh, Mm -hmm. we found her Twitter, it's Brit Brat Attacked, and she was, she hasn't really tweeted since Exile ended in, like, March of last year, it looks like. Not really quite sure the timeline, but she's not a big tweeter. And, um, she, she's come back with a vengeance yeah. for the show. And she only has like 200 followers as well, but she, yeah. Well, now she has 201. <laughs> oh. Cause I've just followed. <laughs> she's, uh, yeah. And she's posting all of these pics about Blake. She put living with Blake E was a special hell and definitely not husband material. Wouldn't do his dishes for weeks at a time. Hashtag dirty AF. And it's like posting picture of the dishes 
saying she never tried to kidnap his dog. He mistreats his dog and his own mother agrees. Yeah, the craziest thing is when she says that Blake used to give his dog protein powder to make his dog more muscular. And another gem of a tweet. True story, crazy Blake E, hashtag bachelorette, tried to evict me unsuccessfully because I told him to shut his door during his threesome. <laughs> that is one of those things where I'm like, maybe you should just go ahead and shut the door. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you don't have to wait for permission on that one, but yeah, I can... No, no. Excuse me. Excuse me in there. <laughs> can you guys get up and come close to this? <laughs> But yeah, I feel like that's just uh, general roommate behavior or, you know, just, I don't know. I don't know the rules for having a threesome while having roommates, but I would, I'm not quite sure. I would guess that uh, shutting the door or maybe even like sending off a text and be like, hey, you might want to steer clear of the house for a couple hours. Um, I don't know. It could be a good idea. He he started really rubbing me the wrong way because he seemed so fixated on it. Like, he definitely spent all the time on their group date talking about that. <laughs> and I thought Kenny's reactions were really funny as well. Just like, why does this matter? Get over it. Stop talking about it. Yes. Um, but I wonder how much that dynamic kind of contributed to... Uh, contributed to Rachel's feelings about that date where it just seemed like until she had that one-on-one -on -one time with Dean she was like are do any of these guys want to date me or do they just want to be my friend well Lucas's poem didn't um oh. didn't give her romantic feelings can we talk about how he so I wrote down his poem mm -hmm. and he says to the long journey ahead your beautiful brown eyes and your gorgeous smile are just the tip of all you entile. <laughs> and I look forward to this adventure with you to continue for a very long while. And for a moment I thought, entile, that's not even a word. And I was like, did he mean entitled? That again doesn't make sense. But no, he definitely said entile to rhyme with very long while. I guess he, maybe did he mean entail? Like everything it entails? I don't know. Yeah. Honestly, I, I knew that he was saying that poem, but I still feel like he slurs his words a lot. I don't know if he's carrying around like a secret flask or to me, he just seems like a little slow on the, like, I don't know. You, report back to me after you watch Exile. Like, is this how he always okay. is? Because I'm not sure how he ever like even got a girlfriend. I have no I clue. find him to be very pasty. Yeah. He's a little like lumpy. To me, he looked super hungover. Um, in the first scene that they had. You know how your face gets really pu puffy if you keep drinking too mm -hmm. much? Well, yeah, maybe he was the one downing all that champagne. Maybe. But, oh, and then also somebody pointed out to me, Sarah, our friend Sarah pointed out to me that Waboom was wearing sunglasses in one of the scenes. Oh, I didn't yeah, see that. Yeah, uh, when Ashton Kutcher was explaining the rules, he was wearing sunglasses. Which is normally a big bachelor no-no. No, yeah, they don't let them yeah, do that. Yeah, so I don't know. Maybe he has, like, really sensitive eyes. <laughs> or maybe he was so hungover, his eyes were so bloodshot, they couldn't allow maybe. that. Maybe. I, I don't know. But not a fan. I don't see how he could, like, last another date. But definitely Rachel thought they were all duds. And so did Ashton Kutcher. Yeah. Which made me really bummed for Super Dad Kenny. Because I was really hoping that... She would have some type of connection with him, but according to the night portion of the date, it, she was really only into Dean. Yeah. You could tell her she, like, came alive during their conversation, mm -hmm. was really engaged, trying to be all, like, giddy and playful with him, and so it really didn't shock me when he got the group date Not rose. at all. That's one of the things that I kind of like about her is that I feel like her poker face is not that great. Um, I mean, somehow she's able to put up with Lucas, but... I think that there's some of the past Bachelor contestants, like maybe JoJo, I think you could really tell that she was super into Jordan, but with everybody mm -hmm. else for the first couple episodes, you really couldn't tell like sort of who was a front runner and who wasn't. And I find Rachel to be very like transparent with her emotions. And if she's into the person, you can tell. And if she's not, it kind of like shows in her body language and everything like that. And I... Or she'll bring up how they're a bad boy again, like Fred. Yeah. 
can we find out why he is a bad boy? I know. I feel like we're not going to find that out because I think that she expected on that date to be able to get past that. And he kept kind of like reiterating it. Something about him still kind of creeps me out. And I'm not really sure what it is. But I'm sure he's like totally a nice guy. But something about how he was like, it's been so great to see you mature. Like, I legitimately believe that he like stalks her social media at least once a week. Through his binoculars. Yeah. <laughs> Watch him make sure. Or like he knows where her family house is or whatever. But I don't think that he'll be around too long. I don't think so Kenny, either. I think she'll keep around just because she knows he's a good guy. And also because he's been in a lot of the previews. That's um, true. But yeah, it just doesn't... To me, it seems like she understands that being with someone like Kenny would be skipping a couple of steps. Yeah, he's already had some of those mm-hmm. experiences that she hasn't had Right. Yet. Is she ready for like a pre-made family? Mm-hmm. Uh, do you remember when we were first reading the bios and we read that Kenny had talked about the most like sexually ambitious thing he'd ever done was had sex with a married woman while her husband was watching? Uh, no, I don't remember that. Okay, well. Because <laughs> my draw just dropped. <laughs> that was originally part of his bio. Um, and then I think it was Michelle Collins or someone else who's sort of like ancillarily close to the Bachelor community tweeted something out notifying everyone that his ABC page had been like scrubbed of that. It no longer was on there. Oh, so, interesting. Yeah. So, but there's still some articles out there, like, that I'd read that that was, like, a big thing with Kenny. But I was kind of wondering, like, last week we had talked about maybe whether Kenny was um, a candidate for The Bachelor. Oh, maybe Mm -hmm. so. And so they're trying to do image damage control, probably because they saw how well people responded to Mm -hmm. him last week. And thought he could become, yep, that makes Mm -hmm. sense, be a good candidate, Mm -hmm. so they need to clean up that image. Yeah, exactly. So there's a couple other things. Um, apparently, he was also on an episode of some uh, reality show called Baggage, which oh. I'm not. I don't really know the details on it, except that it was sort of like um, one of those old school kind of MTV type after school shows. I think it was sort of like two truths and a lie, and they'd say a couple really outlandish things about you, and the other person had to, like, choose what was real and what wasn't, and then, like, decide whether they wanted to date you. But he was on that a couple years ago, um, a little bit younger guy, and he was, like, shirtless Mm -hmm. and looked pretty good, but apparently there were some other sexual things that came out on there that kind of showed that maybe he has, like... Oh, my. Yeah. I just looked it up. Apparently, it was a show hosted by Jerry Springer. Oh! <laughs> and so what that happens is that three contestants get a chance to win the eye of a prospective date. The contestants carry three suitcases, a small, medium, and large. Each suitcase contains an embarrassing, gross, unique, or weird proposition the contestant may have. These cases represent the baggage to which they will confess or defend. So I guess they open the suitcases, they tell their secret, and they have to confess it or defend it. That's, I don't really know what so else happened So it may, after may that. not be true? Um, it doesn't really say that. Confess or defend. Maybe? Oh. And it just says the bigger suitcase, the bigger the secret. Okay. Once the contestants are paired down to one, the potential dater must admit to a fault of his or her own. Okay. So I guess they keep you just on how bad your secret mm-hmm. is. I don't get it. I don't really understand this, but I'll watch a clip (laughs) if I can find one. (laughs) Yeah. So, but I don't, he did, he did come off really well last week and this week, but yeah, it really does seem like he just doesn't have much of a connection with Rachel, probably because, I mean, you don't have a connection with everybody, you know? I don't remember what interview I was watching recently, but I think Allie mentioned that she knew like the first night who she was going to be able to narrow it down to oh wow but she she thought she pretty much had in her head like these are my top two and there I was thinking six weeks was too quick but all it takes is a night yeah but I mean I guess you um you've dated before right like sometimes you just know you know yeah and sometimes they grow on mm-hmm. you but I think six weeks gives somebody <laughs> six whole weeks gives people time to go up and down really quickly. 
Yeah. Like speaking of someone who I thought had a pretty good chance last week, but then she seemed to kind of be a little bit different around this week was Brian. That's right. Yes. Maybe she thought he was coming on a little too strong this week. I think compared to her time with Dean and then her date with Peter, which she was a smitten Mm -hmm. kitten, seemed to be head over heels for him. I think Brian's wanting to make out so much just seems very sexual and forward compared to the chemistry that she had with Dean and Peter. What did you think about, or like, what do you think about the age difference between Dean and her? She's 31 going on 32 Mm -hmm. and he is young. 25 is really young. Yeah, that is really young. For some reason in my mind, I was thinking. (laughs) Your face. How old did you think he was? I thought he was like 27. Yeah, no, I. Like 27, 28. I thought he was at least 26, but the. No wonder he's never held a baby. Yeah, the caption this week said 25. But man, I was looking at his Instagram and he is like perfect like the perfect mix of like (laughs) wanting to go out and do like active stuff like he rock climbs Mm -hmm. like outdoor rock climbing stuff which is terrifying um and like but goes to music festivals likes to travel internationally seems to have a good group of friends but he seems so young you know yeah because he's 25 but he also posts a ton of pictures with dogs like all he has a dog like a big black lab but there's all these other pictures of just dogs. And if you scroll all the way back to the end of his Instagram, it's just like 12 pictures of different dogs are his first oh, pictures. okay. So, but 25 is young. That's very mm-hmm. young. I feel like what's going to end up happening is sort of like a Jared Caitlin situation where Caitlin thought Jared was really sweet. But at that point, there were other front runners. But to me, I thought that the chemistry between her and Dean was almost almost more intense than the chemistry that she seemed to have with Peter. I think it's a different type of relationship. So I think with Dean, it was very playful. Mm -hmm. She probably felt really comfortable around him. But with Peter, I could see that being like this really buttoned up, mature relationship. Mm -hmm. I see that being a deeper connection in the long run. Well, so let's start talking about that Peter date then. Because Mm -hmm. I think Peter's really great. But sometimes I kind of got this sense, especially at the dinner, that, like, he just wasn't really, like, picking up what she was putting down. Did you get that huh. sense at all? I think he wasn't opening up as mm-hmm. much as he could, but I don't think that's unusual for the first date. So I don't, you know, you don't want to lay it all out there. He's probably, he's probably got some type of baggage that we don't know about, aside from his therapy mm-hmm. confession. And I think he was a little bit guarded. And if his last relationship did send him to therapy... He may be a little bit untrusting. Mm -hmm. I felt like that was where, like, she heard that he had been in therapy and she was like, wow, I love hearing that because I was in therapy and it helped me so much. And at that point, it just seemed sort of like he wasn't into it or something. Like, he just thought it was weird that she fixated so much on that and thought it was such a good thing because maybe it's. Because he might have been like, that was a real dark time Mm -hmm. for me. (laughs) And it sucked. I had to go to therapy because I was going through some stuff. I guess so. I guess after I saw um, Dean's Instagram, I was like, he would have been perfect for that dog date, though. Because he would have been, like, going crazy. Yeah. Um, But Peter was really great on it, too. I just, I don't know. I, I will reserve judgment, but I really liked Peter. But he just seems like one of those people that you can, like, project any sort of personality that you want to because there wasn't much there, right? Like, she can say that they have all these things in common, but is he really a good fit for her sense of humor, which is what I would like to continue seeing. Because I thought that her, like, five minutes with Dean seemed so much more vibrant than all that time that she'd spent with Peter. But it, that could also just well, be editing. I, it could just mm-hmm. be editing. And I also just think if she's not connecting with Dean on a deeper mm-hmm. level, things are always not going to be humorous. Mm-hmm. And she needs someone who's going to be able to be stable and calm through those times when things aren't mm-hmm. going well. And not that Dean couldn't do that, but that's just not the edit he was giving. He just seemed more carefree, free-spirited. All they do is mm-hmm. joke and have a great time. And at the end of the where... day, but at the end of the day, if what she's looking for is to move back to Dallas and get married, right? Dean mm-hmm. is probably not the pick for that, right? He might right. be the perfect Peter figure in five years and probably will be, but I think that they'd get 
somewhat far into this relationship and it and it would be so different than what she might have with like a Peter guy but I just don't see him being ready to settle down for marriage even if he thinks that's what he wants but I do think he'll be along for the ride because if you know that he's not going to be your top choice but you enjoy him you're going to bring him Mm -hmm. along because you want someone who is fun and can entertain you that you're going to have a good time with to go to the top three Mm -hmm. or top Mm -hmm. four with you because why not? Yeah. Why would you, if you have such a great time with him, but he's not long-term husband material, but the nature of the show is you've got to bring somebody with mm-hmm. you. I think she'll yeah. win Dean. Well, and I could also see him as sort of a fan favorite as well, but I think 25 for a male bachelor way is too way to too young. Way too young Way too young, Like yeah. Because I'm guessing that maybe not the age, but some of his life experiences and maturity and ability to settle down are going to be some of the reasons that he may ultimately get cut. Mm -hmm. I don't think it's going to be because she realizes, you know, their personalities don't match. It's going to be their stages in life don't match or something Mm -hmm. along those lines. And so if she cuts him for that reason, by default, he can't be the next bachelor. I mean, I feel like it'd be a really fun season (laughs) and really different. Hopefully he'll be But it would be a completely, it would be like a completely different show. It wouldn't be like leading towards marriage or a proposal. Which would be an interesting show, but not the same show. Um, But yeah, let's talk about the best part of Peter's date, which is that bark fest or whatever that that was. Yes. You know, they do those. Well, at least they do a a version of it in New York, too. I um, used to have uh, BarkBox for my dogs. I'm still on their subscription list, but he has allergies, Mm -hmm. so I had to cancel because he can't eat the treats. (laughs) And... Um, so I get invites and they do like open mic night where you can bring your dogs Mm. and they do hold like fest and stuff in the city. Oh, I've never had a chance to attend one, but so it wasn't just made up for the show. That's a real thing. BarkBox does. Ooh, Maybe I'll sign up for BarkBox and see if I can get an invite to one of these things. You can probably like Google local stuff. I bet they would do them in San Francisco. It's too hot to do it in Houston. The Mm -hmm. dogs couldn't deal with the Mm -hmm. heat is probably why they don't do it there. I'm pretty excited because there's a lot of, like, I mean, living in cities, you always are going to have more well-behaved dogs than in suburbia, I think. Gosh, I go back and visit my parents, and their dogs are just so badly behaved. Like, they go in the backyard, and they just, like, bark their heads off at the neighbor's dogs. And Hudson can, like, pass a dog on a street and just be like, oh, hey. Mm -hmm. Or at a dog park, dogs, some dogs go crazy, but most are really well-behaved. But, um, and it's easy. My dog can sometimes get a little bit barky because he gets mm-hmm. excited. But when I take him out in the city, he's very calm because there's so much right. going on that mm-hmm. stimulates him. He's got so many people to look at. There's so much to do that he's not trying to go crazy over everyone. Mm-hmm. But it's such a new thing for dogs in the suburbs who are kind of like lonely oh, yeah. to see another yeah, dog. I mean, they're basically like prisoners. <laughs> and you put <laughs> yeah, them out in public and they have no idea how to act. You know, like going to a dog park, uh, going to the Katy, Texas dog park um, is just such a different experience than going to the ones in Austin. Like you've got uh, my sister's dog like won't leave like a two foot radius of her body. But yeah, I feel like that was maybe a better date uh, than any of the dates Nick took any of the women on last season. Oh, absolutely. What would have happened, though, if uh, Peter had shown up and been like, I'm allergic to dogs? like because or even he would be like like i don't trust a guy who like just doesn't really like dogs but like if you're legitimately allergic that would have been a miserable date yeah your guy your boyfriend has like your dog when dash and i first started dating he came over with toys Mm -hmm. for my dog and often brings my dog who's not supposed to have treats because of Mm -hmm. his allergies but He'll bring him sprinkles, cupcakes for dogs. <laughs> so. Yeah, and does uh, does does Kingston just go crazy for Dash? Oh, loves him. Like when I try to like kiss my dog and love on him, he's like, "What are you doing? Go away!" But when Dash does it, he gets these like big heart emojis in his mm-hmm. eyes and like eats it. No, up. I feel like it's the same thing for basically any visitor that I bring over to my house. And I actually, I you know, I don't know Copper's personality, but. I was actually um, a little surprised at his sort of, like, lukewarm response to Peter. Um, yeah, I saw that. <laughs> he kind of turned but away. But Rachel seemed to think it was yeah. great. I mean, he seemed like a really low-key kind of dog, and maybe he's a little older, too. 
Um, yeah, I did have a broken paw, which I was surprised, or not surprised, but I was thrilled that they were able to put something on that cast to let him get in the mm -hmm. pool, because I felt like they were just teasing him with I the know. water. It was so cute, I was like, you can't though. get that cast wet. Yeah. yeah, and oh, I do want to point out as well that I thought feel like Rachel is very like savvy to the needs of what the television show wants when Peter asks her that question like oh what happened to him she's like well that's a story for a different time let's get on the plane like she is we want to I know. know well we want to know but I feel like production was probably like look we have exactly five minutes so this plane needs to take off so let's keep it quick and she's just such mm -hmm. a natural in like navigating this like she's just just the most like confident and self-aware bachelorette I think there's ever been you know I don't know maybe she might break down later and I'll change my mind but like that just seems so savvy to me when she did that and then of course her reaction to what happened with Demario later in the episode was also oh yeah I think we can hop right mm -hmm. into that because for me uh well I had to fast forward the basketball <laughs> game because <laughs> I had paused it to write down uh, Lucas's poem and forgot I paused it. And then the group checked about The Bachelor was going off about the girlfriend. So I just had to yeah. fast forward mm -hmm. and catch up. To well, there that wasn't part. much there. I would say the only they thing to point play. out about the basketball group date is that I, it looked like they had 10 minute halves and they scored very few points for as long as that game was and for. For adult men playing basketball, normally I think the score is a little bit higher than what it was there, but I don't know. This is coming from a girl who, in my entire basketball career spanning five seasons, I only made two points. <laughs> <laughs> so they were on your level yeah. of basketball, mm -hmm. is what you're saying. They were far and away better than I ever was. <laughs> um, but Sarah, um, who I was watching it with, she pointed out that that's like abysmal for um, a basketball game. But yeah, the whole, she but know. the deal was the whole date, the focus was never going to be on that. Like, did you think it was fishy that Chris Harrison was at this date? Was, yeah, I knew something was up when Chris Harrison even brought in the first date card. I was like, oh, I noted, oh, Chris is back to bringing the date cards. That's new. Well, he brought the BSB really... date card last year. Oh, that's right. That's right. But him showing up but on I, a date, that's... No. That's Stuff novel. is going down. Even if he wanted to meet uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, like, he could have done that without actually being on the show. Right. But the way that he was just waiting for Rachel to come back inside upset and she just kind of blows him off, it seemed like at that point she knew exactly what was going on and Chris Harrison knew what was going on beforehand as well. Oh, yeah. And he was ready for the yeah, drama. I think we talked about that a little bit last week about how it seems a little convenient that DeMario ends up being one of the four that they introduce um, on After the Final Rose that they just happen to be. I mean, of course, DeMario is from um, Los Angeles or they say Crescent City, but that's basically just Los Angeles. Right. And so they're playing basketball right around the corner. But then they show Rachel, like, giving all these hugs to people, and this girl waits just for the right time. There's nobody else there. So I don't doubt that DeMario had this girlfriend, but I also don't doubt that production knew he had this girlfriend. Right. I think it's, yeah, very convenient because from what I see on social media, if I ever do catch glimpses of people posting about the dates, so, like, the concert date that they have where they get up on the platform and mm -hmm. dance, those contestants exit right quick and then exit right out you never see the bachelor or bachelor waiting around meeting fans and hugging fans and taking pictures right. so for them to allow that after the basketball game they were definitely setting it yes up. i envision here that what sort of happened was that De so i had read online that demario got approached at a chipotle Oh. Yeah. <laughs> so not long before the show was supposed to film, DeMario gets approached at like a Chipotle. From what I heard, it was as little as a week before the show was supposed to start, right? Oh, wow. So they needed guys. Yes. And remember how I mentioned that DeMario had a mismatched suit on at the After the Final Rose thing? Like yes, it seemed very yes. thrown together. And so the timeline of DeMario sort of blowing off this girlfriend for real and then showing up here, it almost looks like DeMario, you know, wasn't trying to play this girl while going through this, like, 
three-month application process to be on the show. It To me, what it seems like, and I'm not trying to defend, you know, a like a low life or whatever that he might be, but to me it looked like with, with the pattern of texts, like, why don't you want to introduce me to your um, family? He had maybe tried to cut it off a couple of times. And friends. She hadn't even met a right. friend in seven right. months. So She was definitely a hidden, dirty secret, no yeah. matter what. Yeah, and so it's sort of like maybe she's there, but he's just not that into her. And then the producers come up to him and he's like, well, you know, I've kind of been seeing someone. And they're like, hey, do you know who you're going to meet? You're going to meet this girl. She's a lawyer. She's like funny. She's the best. Watch some of these clips of her. You're going to fall in love with her. Right. So I do wonder how much of this was like active manipulation and how much of this was like he got assurances from the producers that as long as he cut it off, cut it off with the girl before he came, then there was going to be no problem. And he didn't cut it off. He ghosted her and went on the TV three days after he left her house. For yeah, the last time. I think there's there's something there that it's just like not really an upstanding kind of guy. Um, but I think that he probably gets a, like I mean he's definitely very charming, but I think he uses that charm to kind of cover up like maybe being less than upstanding with his dealings with women. But, ugh, Rachel was so perfectly brutal and, like, not taking any shit. Very impressive. It was very impressive. I like when she's like, so if I look at her phone right now, you can tell me that there's not going to be anything on there that shows you were at her place or that you two were together. And he says, what depends on the dates? Okay. This is, like, a couple of seconds after or later. He said, hmm, who is this? Yes. Oh, gosh. It was, I had, like, secondhand embarrassment from when he walked out there and was trying to, like, hold up this, like, very casual conversation about how much he liked it. And she's like, "Uh uh-huh, uh-huh. And then all of a sudden he sees that girl and he tries to play it off like he doesn't know her. But his face is saying something completely different. He knew exactly who she was and why she was there. And meanwhile, Lexi is swearing on the graves of dead kittens. (laughs) I'm not even sure if the cat or the dad was dead. Like, no, I, I don't but know. <laughs> she was like that. Seemed like it was getting close to like a Mori episode there. Like, and yeah, you can see why if Demario had a choice over Lexi or Rachel with the way that they were handling that situation, like she's super great, and uh, I'm sure Lexi is really great too. And it's a very frustrating situation to be in, but I was just like. I can understand his motivation. Not just being on TV, but getting to meet, like, Rachel would be... Right. It was definitely an upgrade in a sense. However, I don't think it's right for him to secretly hide and obviously use this girl just for sex for seven Mm -hmm. months. Because she probably fully believed that they were in this great relationship and that his friends were always busy. (laughs) So... I love how she's like, you have the keys to my house. And he's like, well, yeah, I do. But but I mailed them back. When? when? She's like, I check my mailbox no, every day. I, I check my mailbox <laughs> almost so every day. Yeah. It was, was sad, sad, but I don't see why he's coming back. Like, I feel like they could have left it right there and it would have been fine. Yeah. The last five minutes of the show with all the guys going outside to ambush things, I don't see that turning out very well. Um, no, the producers encouraged him to come back, probably. They were like, we need to milk this drama for all it's mm-hmm. worth. The producers probably convinced him to come back. The producers probably made Rachel and Chris Harrison stand within hearing distance of Fred and Lee. Oh, yes. Lee, Lee is the seems worst. like bad news, especially yeah. in the previews for next week. Um But at least that sort of prompted, the DeMario thing kind of prompted the night portion of the date. Like, all the guys kind of stepped up, which it seemed like she really liked. And I thought it was a bold move for her to say that if she had nine roses on that date, she would give one to all of them. Yeah, that's great. I mean, but that's something where, like, I could see some of those guys maybe getting upset when they actually get to the rose ceremony and they don't get a rose. That is accurate as well. (laughs) You know, because I do think there's a couple of guys on there who probably won't get a rose, just statistically. I no, because I think at this point, if Demario is gone, she's probably only going to kick off 
two to three more people. Mm-hmm. And it probably clearly will be a lot of the people from that first date who she had no chemistry with. Right. Ooh, that's a good question then. Because you got, on that first date, Dean's obviously staying. Mm-hmm. I bet Fred and Lucas, I'm sorry, not Fred. I bet Blake and Lucas stay. So then you got Jack, Kenny, Jonathan, and Iggy who could go home. Yeah. And I could mm-hmm. see all of those going home, though. Yeah. I Yeah. I mean, I think it was Jamie or the guy who said he had, like, such a great face and bone structure or whatever. He was sitting so far away from her on the couch on that first date. It just was, like, zero chemistry. Oh, he was on that first date, too? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I missed him. Yeah, he could be one of the ones that go home as well. Yeah. It was. But then on the second date... On the second date, she had a lot more chemistry with people. And you could see on Eric's face, like, how crestfallen he was when he didn't get the date rose. Because I'm sure when you're making out with someone like that, right, you probably think, I'm the only one making out with her like this. And then to see someone else. Yeah, I thought she was making out a little freely. Because some of the guys I didn't think she was fully into. Mm -hmm. Like, Eric with one, I couldn't tell. And she was just kissing him. It was... I I feel like sometimes maybe I let the fact that like what he, the way he was acting really turned me off yeah. and maybe I was projecting that onto her and she did find him more attractive than I found him. I find him to be like way too forward and too like talks too much, you know. I thought that about Josiah. He was very intense for me mm-hmm. and he was also very monotone. And when he laughed, um, I was like, okay, I guess that was a joke. Um, I actually, so Josiah has been growing on me though, you know, really? I think, yeah, because I think he's had, I think he's genuinely funny, but okay. I think that he might also take himself a little bit too seriously. Yeah, I could see that because he, yeah. I also think he has the syndrome that a lot of other contestants on this show in the past have had, which is that they are used to being sort of the superstar, right? Of just, when they're in a room of people, they're probably in the top 10% of attractiveness. He's certainly very successful. And so I think the fact that she's not like totally, she's certainly, I don't think Josiah is going to make it super duper far. No, I don't think so either. He hasn't been in many of the previews. But I think that like, he's had some really funny one-liners and, um, I can appreciate that. But Eric, on the other hand, uh, he has been in more of the previews. He definitely makes it to Europe. and But something about him is just, like, too much. Like, when he was talking about, like, I feel like we just need more time to get to know each other. Um, I was like, yeah, no shit. That's right. the whole point. Everybody. But then I also... I'm not sure about Alex's prospects for moving on. I wasn't a fan of the singing or the man bun he had at the basketball game. I don't mind the man bun. Like, I'm not totally against them. It wasn't his best look. I remember we were kind of all, like, a little bit high on him last week when Mm -hmm. we were like, oh, yeah, maybe he did have the best intro package. He's Mm -hmm. perfect. Mm -hmm. And this day, I was like, no, he's not. Yeah. (laughs) And um, do you remember us talking, like, I think way back last season, uh, somehow someone had leaked the fact that he was going to be on the show. He's yes. the one who has the joint Instagram account with one with of his, his guy friends. Yes, that is yeah. so freaking bizarre. It's really weird. They make these, like, little videos. There's one that's actually kind of funny where Alex calls his friend at the gym, but it's like a whole production because like clearly they had to record Alex being at home on the couch and then his friend being on his way to the gym. So Alex calls and he says, hey, gorgeous, what are you up to? And the guy's kind of like, I just need to hit the gym and then we can hang out. So the friend goes up to the gym door and slaps it and then heads back to the car and calls Alex and is like, okay, I'm ready to hang out. Oh, my God. Get it? Because he's hitting the gym. Yes, yes. (laughs) He's definitely really quirky. And they also have a lot of pictures of him from when he was in college. And he definitely was not sort of like this suave sort of has a fade with a man bun kind of guy when he was in college. So he seems kind of goofy. But I was also a little bit like confused that his like accent seemed like five times as strong in this episode. Yeah, that was, maybe it's like my southern accent. It comes out the more I drink. Yeah, I was thinking that too. Yeah. Maybe it was just drinking more. Mm Mm-hmm. 
but I wasn't sure whether her laughing at him singing in Russian was like laughing because she really liked it or laughing because she thought it was weird. Awkward. Yeah. Um, and she didn't know when he was finished, and he was like, that was it. And she was like, ah, ha, 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 ha. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Although, I could see, like, why not put him on Bachelor in Paradise. Yeah. And I've heard that they're looking for randoms to come on Bachelor in Paradise who have oh. never been on, so maybe he could bring his Instagram friend. Oh, interesting. Yeah. I wouldn't mind that. Uh, I predict Fred's going to go home. I predict that as well. Yeah. Uh, who else? Jonathan, Jonathan. Jamie. I think that's it, because DeMario already left. Yeah. Do you think they'll only cut four? Yeah, I think it'd be a lot to cut five in episode two. If I did have to pick a fifth, I'd say Iggy. Yes. Well, think about also, you've also got Brian, who didn't have a date, and then one of the other guys didn't have a date, too. He's, like, bald and really tall. Oh. I don't know what his name is. I can't remember. Me either. Who else didn't have a date? Didn't Blake not have... No, Blake had a date, because mm-hmm. Blake was on the baby date, sorry. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's at least two guys that didn't have a date. Let me look yeah. up the other guy. I was going to say Adam with his dollhouse, but I remembered he was on the basketball date. Oh, yeah. Is... Okay, so there's Adam, and then there's the other guy with kind of the receding hairline. Who is he? The one who was dressed as a penguin. Uh, oh, Matt. So Matt was the penguin, and he was on the second date. I could kind of see him going home because he didn't really add anything. Um, then you've got um, Brian and Anthony didn't have dates. Okay. And I can't see her being brutal enough to send somebody home who's not had a date. Yeah, and I think um, Brian makes it a little bit further, considering I have him as my top two choice. <laughs> Hope he makes it a little bit further. Yeah. I I really feel like she's going to sour on him pretty quickly. Because she seems yeah. so, like, savvy. And the more he talks, the more he just kind of gives me, like, really bad vibes. Yeah, I'm almost regretting not. I mean, I guess it's not too late for me to switch. But then I'm going to your exact pick, where mm-hmm. Dean may be number two and he's number three. All you can do, you know, if you, especially since we're not spoiled, all you can do is take the data that's, like, publicly available and look at what happens in the first episode. And based on the edit he got on the first episode, she seems so into him. Um, but now it's, like, I started to question, like, who wants a third? Like, he's almost 40 years old and he's still talking about, like, oh, I'm trouble. Like, that's true. Mm, <laughs> yeah. I'm trouble with my insurance fraud case. Do you want to hear about it? I'm more of a bad boy than Fred will ever be. Yeah, I know. Uh, so, I don't know. Maybe and, and he doesn't appear in a lot of the previews. Oh, I thought he did. That's why he was my second pick. Really? Yeah. I thought I didn't remember seeing him very much, but I could be wrong. Um, but, oh, so the other thing is um, sort of the last thing of discussion uh, in a more general sense is there was this like 538 article about looking at data. Um, I guess ABC provided 538, which is like an ESPN owned uh, analytics company about like sports and maybe politics and stuff as well. They looked at all the data from the Bachelor and Bachelorette series to talk about like if you get the first impression rose, how likely are you to make it to um, the final four or how likely are you to win? And I thought what was really interesting is like that we've never specifically looked at the data, but they were confirming a lot of these sort of like general data oh, points that you've been talking about since I've known you, right? Yeah, like the idea never, yeah. <laughs> that the idea that getting the first impression rose is really important in terms of your longevity of staying, but doesn't usually correlate to who the exact winning, winner is. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Or that, you know, uh, not getting a date in one of the first – being one of the people who doesn't get a date in one of the first weeks is not, like, can be really, really bad for you or fine for you, which is something that Brian and uh, Rachel were talking about last night. But I do think, like, remember in Nick's season, uh, the girls who didn't get the dates in the first week were, like, so stressed out on their dates that Nick ended up sending one or more of them home. Right, yeah. Um, 
A couple of other things. They had a chart that I literally spent like 20 minutes looking at and I didn't understand. It was sort of this like. Oh, yeah. The circle and the pie. Maybe I did see this. Yeah. I remember the pie thing. Mm -hmm. And I was yes. like, I don't get this. Yeah. And what? I gave up. I don't think I read the article fully. I just skimmed it and went to the chart and was like, I don't understand this. <laughs> I thought it, it was interesting because it mostly confirmed a lot of what you were talking about. And I know that like last season I was having some discussions with this guy on all our Twitter and I mentioned something oh. about he said something like oh I think this person is going to be this was already already when it was like heavily rumored for Rachel to be the um bachelorette so I didn't think that it was really spoiling anything to like mm -hmm. say that normally it's one of the t it's normally it's the third place person who ends up as the bachelorette and it's quite rare to have like a Jojo situation where she became yep. the bachelorette mm -hmm. because like you've been saying for so long, that second place person is supposed to be too torn up and too recent yep. um, that when they have that discussion on after the final rose, they want to make it seem like, oh, man, they really lost out on this relationship with this great catch versus I'm ready to move on and be on Bachelor in Paradise or be The Bachelor. And he was like, no spoilers, no spoilers. And I'm like, dude, these aren't spoilers. We're not mm -hmm. spoiled. We just, like, look at what's going on. The history of the show. Yeah. yeah. Because it's definitely formulaic. And they, I'm surprised that they don't try to trip you up more. Yeah, they should. Yeah, because, I mean, you want to see people, you want to see this love story. But at the same time, why you don't want it to be obvious based on some sort of formula of who gets the most screen time or who's most out there, you know? Um, but I think they're doing a pretty good job this season in that I think there might be a couple like really cool relationships that form. Yeah, it'll be interesting. Yeah, but I think now I'm very much team Dean. He's so cute. I think I'm still on Peter. I don't know. I'm, t I'm both. I'm torn. <laughs> and, but she's still got like other one-on-one -on -one dates to go. So maybe there will be some like ninth hour... Which I think will be very interesting because, like we talked about, she's very, very transparent with her emotions. So mm -hmm. if a one-on-one -on -one date is not going well, I think we'll know it. Mm -hmm. But I also am curious to know if she will send them home right then and there. If yeah. she's going to be that type of person. Well, it should also be interesting because Nick was so much that type of guy who was sending people home on the one-on-one -on -one dates. Yeah. But that's not always very typical but it's pretty much the only interaction she has because I don't think that she was like a huge bachelor fan before she came on so if she thinks that's kind of typical she might start doing that as well I do yeah. think she'll be more delicate about it because she's just so much more savvy I think than Nick ever was but we'll see I'm so looking forward to next week already I, I think it's gonna be a good season yay yeah, it's going to be great. Mm -hmm. So I think that covers it for this week. I don't think there's anything else. No, um, I think that's it for my end. Yeah. Oh, all there is to look forward to next week is that seems to be when all the Lee drama starts. Yes. With Eric. Oh, that would um, be great. Yeah. So I can't see how long that can last, but I don't know. I guess we'll see. So, yeah, we will talk to you guys next week. And in the meantime, like we said, follow us on Instagram and Twitter at, at After Every Rose. And find us on Facebook at After Every Rose. And um, like all your favorite podcasts ask you to do, rate and review and subscribe to us on iTunes to help um, help us compete with some of the more well-known Bachelor podcasts out there. So thanks for listening, and we will talk to you next week. Bye. Thanks, everyone. Bye.